Leaning Toward Wisdom, the podcast. The website is the same name, leaningtowardwisdom.com. My name is Randy Cantrell. I'm your host here. Thanks for clicking play. Let's talk about AI. Always improving. Uh, last time I checked, which was just a day or two ago, there are about 9.84 billion search results for AI, which we mostly think stands for artificial intelligence. All the rage today is chat GPT. It is the latest, greatest, coolest, trickest AI. It is pretty spectacular. I mean, for mere mortals like me, I don't know how AI improvement, how do you even measure it? I do know that there is this data gap that is a constraint and AI needs high integrity data. I question whether it does, by the way, it's interesting. Uh, the political folks plug stuff into chat GPT and seems very leftist to me, but what do I know? I am intrigued by artificial intelligence, but I am far more obsessed with a different AI and that is always improving. There's a quote by William Faulkner, always dream and shoot higher than you know you can. Do not bother just to be better than your contemporaries or predecessors. Try to be better than yourself. Here, here. You know, we all have these default behaviors, and they typically are driven by default viewpoints. That is how we see the world, how we see life, how we see our place in the world. One of my major default behaviors spawns from a default viewpoint that things can always be better. And it's not in some, hey, well, let's give it time and it'll sort itself out kind of a way. I am more of a, what can we do to make this better? What can we do to improve this? It's just how I see the world. And it's how I see most things. Well, I'll go you one better. It's how I see pretty much everything. I don't know why. I've studied this i've researched it i've examined myself i don't know why i look at the world this way but i do now i will admit i don't try to overcome that i'm not trying to do anything to fix that because i don't happen to think that needs fixing i think it's a rather it's a rather challenging if not pleasant way to go through life to look at something and to think you know, I wonder how we could make that better. It's a default because I'm not consciously trying to do this. I don't give this any real conscious thought. It's just an autopilot kind of a thing for me. Now, the downside, and I've mentioned this to you before, the downside is it can be sometimes misread by others. Not widespread, but occasionally it can be misread as dissatisfaction, even maybe even being critical. 
And through my eyes, it doesn't feel that way. It doesn't look that way. That's not at all what's going on in my head. So I pretty much chalk that up to my own inability to properly convey it. Years of self-introspection and self-examination have taught me that I, I have done sometimes a rather poor job of communicating that. But this is where the power of others, this is where seeing how other people view things can prove really, really helpful. And it can help us with the AI always improving and ourselves. You know, through my eyes, it looks and it feels like, it just feels like the never-ending quest for improvement. And that is based on my belief, based on my optimism, based on my expectation that anything, anybody, we, we can do better hasn't got anything to do with dissatisfaction. Now, there are times when I am dissatisfied, but it does have to do with the dissatisfaction of the status quo, that, okay, this is good enough. Let's just nail this down, and let's don't ever work at trying to grow it. Let's don't ever work at trying. I just, that just feels so bad to me. The most helpful thing to me was learning the power of, uh, personality traits, specifically my own. And I don't view these so much as, okay, these are gospel truths. Uh, they're, for me, they're just ways to kind of enlighten ourselves and give some consideration. Part of my personality that drives my passion to always improve is really summed up in a phrase that I've seen when studying about those who lean toward perceiving or judging. And the phrase simply is this, making things as they ought to be. Making things as they ought to be. And I would tell you that that typifies my life. That typifies my life for as long as I can remember. The judgment comes in my view of how things ought to be. That's where the perception comes in. And we always put this, well, always, we almost always put a really negative connotation on judgment. And yet when you get right down to it, judgment is really perception. It is our ability, our willingness, our capacity to, to see something and to render some kind of a conclusion about that. It's perception. When you put the word critical in front of it, now you've got something different. Critical judgment versus just judgment. We need to be able to judge ourselves, to judge others, to judge situations and circumstances because that's how we can make things better, make things as they ought to be. The contrasting personality trait tends to be more reactionary. Uh, maybe even more flexible, you could say, because there are people who are just wired and they are bent to just take things as they come and be quite casual and nonchalant. Be, and their default behavior makes it harder for them to focus on one thing at a time. Maybe you're a person like that. And you can drive people like me kind of crazy. And people like me can drive you kind of crazy. 
So there is that. You know, one of the things that has helped me grow in the last couple of years is some relationships, particularly relationships with people that are just so not wired like I'm wired. People that are way more wired to just react and flex and just kind of go with the flow. And I call them, I call some of these people plate spinners. You know, the people that just, they hop from here to there and they're just constantly reacting, constantly reacting. And from my vantage point, with my default behavior, just it looks chaotic. And that chaos, while I thrive on stress and I thrive on a degree of chaos, the chaos for me that I thrive on is very different. It is the chaos of pushing something forward while simultaneously pushing something else forward, but all the while attempting to be as strategic as I can because again, this is all, this all stems from viewpoint. This all stems from our perception of the world and our place in it. And my perception just doesn't happen to be that motion equals achievement or accomplishment. But there's that contrasting viewpoint that it does. That as long as I just pedal, if I just pedal fast, something good will happen. Well, if that's your viewpoint, then guess what you're going to be doing? Yeah, you're going to be pedaling fast all the time. I just don't have that viewpoint. It, it's not my belief. And I've had to come to terms with the fact that there are people who do believe that. And rather than trying to dissuade them that they're wrong, because, I mean, how do I know? How can I be so arrogant to think, well, I'm right and they're wrong? Well, what if they're right? They could be. It could be that just, man, just keep moving, right? Like a shark. Just just always keep the water going through your gills. Who cares where you're headed? Who cares what the strategy is? Just keep moving. Keep moving and something good will happen. There are times, man, that I wish I had that viewpoint. I just don't. You know, I, I my personal belief, right or wrong, is that diligent hard work is required that some degree of strategic deployment of ideas and beliefs is important and that even then success is certainly not guaranteed there's contrasting viewpoints just keep moving just keep moving and serendipity will happen just keep moving just keep working just keep just keep pushing uh, who cares if it's in the right direction? As long as it's in a direction. And who cares if it's in this direction for a little bit and then tomorrow it's in a completely different direction. Just just keep doing it and you'll stumble onto the winning formula. No, I don't believe that, but <laughs> I have people in my life who clearly do. And sometimes it works. And of course, my... One of my pet phrases is, yeah, well, even a blind pig can find one every now and again. Making things as they ought to be. It's become very clear to me in, oh, in the last five years or so. Not everybody is bent toward making things as they ought to be. 
there's quite a lot of people who look at things and view it through the lens of good enough. That's good enough. It's good enough. Why make it, you know, why make it better? I freely admit that this can drive me crazy. It can frustrate me beyond measure. Um, you, you go into a store. Oh, I'll give you a true. I'll give you a true. So I go into, I drive into CVS. I've got this nagging shoulder kind of a thing. And the, the orthopedic surgeon, he, he prescribed me a steroid pack. You know, it's one of those where you take six pills and then you take five and four and three down. You know, it's a six-day regimen of taking these things. He had called this in that morning. And so by mid to late afternoon, it's supposed to be ready. I get this text that it'll be ready by 3.15 or whatever. So I go and it's 4 o'clock. And there's just a line I'm going to drive through, and there's a line, there's a line, there's a line. Now, I will go on record and tell you I hate CVS. I hate CVS with a passion. I find that their customer service is in, is dreadful, just dreadful. But I've got a prescription insurance thing. Yes, it's through some supplement of Medicare uh, that is tethered to CVS, unfortunately. So I decide to forego the drive-in. I'm going to go in. So I go in, and I'm standing in line. There's two people in line, and it's just dreadfully slow, as always. And I get up to the line, give her my name, my date of birth, and she says, it's not ready. And I said, well, I got a text 40 minutes ago. Well, it, it's not ready. It'll be ready in about an hour. And I said, well, I can't wait an hour. I'll just come back tomorrow. So I come back the next day. Now I'm going to drive through because there's nobody in the drive through. So I pull up again. I give the lady my name, my date of birth, and she's inside the building. I'm obviously sitting in my car and she has this just flustered look on her face and she's yelling something and I and turns out what she's yelling is she's yelling for my date of birth which I'd already given her and I said I'm sorry and she yells it and I so I gave it to her and I said you don't have to be so pissy she immediately turns tail she goes into the pharmacy and she tells somebody else, I can tell what she's doing. She's pointing at me and she's basically telling somebody else, you're going to have to go wait on him. So another lady comes, a little older lady comes by and I said, ma'am, I just wanted to let you know, I did not say anything untoward to that young lady. I said, she started screaming and I just, I couldn't hear her. I'm in my car. She's in there. And I said, I just want to go on record and tell you that she was incredibly rude and disrespectful. And I was not. So I finally, I get, I get my prescription. Now, making things as they ought to be. Here you've got a company that has a horrific reputation, deservedly so. That it seems to me leadership is not doing one thing to try to make things as they ought to be. It's just, it is what it is, and this is okay. 
We don't care. I know that this is the way the world works largely today. But as a guy who has run companies for a long, long time, particularly retailing companies, dealing with the public, it drives me out of my mind. It's just so completely unnecessary. The time that it takes to be rude and obnoxious, it doesn't take any more time to be polite and kind. And that's just the truth. For someone to look at a person who's driving through who clearly just can't hear because you are in the building, this lady, she, the glass was half open, half closed. She's staring at the screen straight ahead. Her mouth is in nowhere aimed at the open window. I'm in a car with road noise. In fact, this is a busy intersection, and my radio's turned off. And I'm not hard of hearing at all. And I had no idea. And I'd art plus I'd already given her my name and date of birth. I know the routine. And she yelled it twice before I understood she's asking for my date of birth, which I already gave her. And so I just simply gave it to her again. And she just had this, I could kill you kind of a look. And that's when I retorted, you don't have to be so pissy about it. <laughs> I don't regret and I don't apologize for it. Making things as they ought to be. Can we improve? Can we embrace always improving? I realize not everybody can. I happen to think that it's an enormous competitive edge if we can. I think if we can look at ourselves and think, you know, I don't think I've quite arrived. I think there are things that I can do to improve my life. I don't think our marriage, our relationship, I, our family, I don't think my spiritual life, I don't think my physical life, I don't, I don't think my relationship, I, I, think, I think it can be better. I just think it can be better. I don't think that we've reached the apex and that it's never going to get better, that it's only going to get worse from here. My optimism will not allow me to see the world that way. Now, it could be argued, well, you'd do yourself a favor if you'd work on that. <laughs> you'd do yourself a favor if you'd lower your expectations. You'd do yourself a favor if you've looked at something and you thought, you know, that's as good as it's ever going to get, and, man, I'm, I'm good with it. Uh, if you know the secret to do that, then let me know. I'm not saying I want to do it, but I can tell you there are days where I'm tempted. There are days when I'm really, really tempted. You know, and I'm a guy who wants to give grace to this, this girl working the drive-in. I understand how demanding probably so many people can be driving up and driving up and driving up. And I have no idea what her experience was prior to that. I would imagine she was frustrated and flustered, but does that give her the right for me to be singled out and to be the focal point of her venom in that moment? No, no. Was it good for her? No. Was it good for me? Absolutely not. Was it good for the company? No. It was a lose, lose, lose proposition. 
when she could have just simply been polite and respectful. And by the way, I'm probably three times her age. So there was that. That probably should spark a whole nother conversation of this, the respect or the lack of respect for people, not only all people, but particularly older people. Yeah, I'm old. I think it deserves something. We have these conversations I do with some of my peers. And I know that this is largely old man, get off my lawn kind of stuff. But we just grew up in an era where you just, you showed some deference and you showed some respect to your elders, to the people that were older. Our parents taught us to do that. We learned to do that with our grandparents. It's missing today. It's, it is completely gone, totally gone, even up to and including a point where retail help shows absolutely no respect for customers of any age or any ilk. Drives me crazy. Always improving. How do you view life? Does that Faulkner quote resonate at all with you? Always dream and shoot higher than you know you can. Do not bother just to be better than your contemporaries or predecessors. Try to be better than yourself. No real updates to give you on Yellow Studio 3.0. You're listening to it. Got a little bit of work, a little bit of tweaking to do. I think I told you last time the Roadcaster Pro 2 that is going to be kind of the, I would say the heart, but not really. Maybe the lungs. It's going to be the lungs of the Yellow Studio. The heart of the Yellow Studio is well in place. It's this new MacBook Pro, and it's terrifically fast, and it's awesome. Speaking of always improving, one of the things that I did is I got to looking at all the duplicate files. You got duplicate files on your computer and duplicate photos, duplicate videos, duplicate files. It's unbelievable. I deleted 65 gigabytes. You heard it. 65 gigabytes of duplicate photos in my photo library. I kept looking at this thing and I kept thinking, you know, why in the world, how, how did this one photograph and I've got it 40 times. Yeah. Well, there's little pieces of software you can get that will go and identify those. And then you can delete those 65 gigabytes off my machine's hard drive saved. Yeah. Always improving, getting better trying to declutter the hard drive as I go. That's kind of the campaign right now for the Yellow Studio. We'll be peeling the curtain back a little bit as time goes by, kind of updating you on a few things and and hey, I'm I'm always improving. I'm trying to trying to get better. I appreciate you being along with me on the journey. I'm sorry that you've had to kind of listen to what's been going on with me but hey this is what leaning toward wisdom is it's just our life it's just the way things are going with us 
as we're dealing with our challenges and our problems. My goal is, and my hope is, that you will always be able to add your context to whatever I'm talking about, that you can see yourself, and you can always improve your situation, even if it is different from mine, because the similarities are still just insanely strong because we're all going through something we're all chasing something we're all dreaming about something we've all got sorrow and struggle and pleasure and pain my name is randy cantrell leaning toward wisdom.com is the website greetings and welcome inside the yellow studio